Good morning. Don't you just love hearing those testimonies? For me, that, that's, that's the best part of Baptism Sunday, being able to hear about what God has done in different people's lives. And this morning, I'm going to be concluding on our monthly theme that we've been looking at this month on the theme of awakening. And my prayer for us this morning is that each and every one of us would have something awoken within us. Because the interesting thing about being asleep is you don't actually know you're asleep. It's only when you wake up you're like, oh, did I just have an afternoon nap? (laughs) But I do believe that each of us have areas in our lives where God wants to awaken something in us, that he wants to do something deeper within us. And today I want to talk about what I wish I'd known when I got baptised. And I want to share with you this morning some of the, the lessons that I've learned in my life. And for those getting baptized, I just want to just help set you on that best possible trajectory of what God has got for your life. Does that sound good this morning? Yeah. Good. I'm glad you're on board. If you said no, I don't know what I would have done. So I'm glad that you're with me today. <laughs> so I thought it would be good to start today by answering the question, what is baptism? And Water baptism is an outward expression of your decision to follow Jesus. And it shows that you've put your belief in him, and it is an act of both faith and obedience. You see, once we accept Jesus, we receive this gift of forgiveness that is freely given to us, but was paid by Jesus on the cross. And we are invited to respond by going through the waters of baptism. So I just want to read a a scripture to you from the book of Romans, chapter 6. And this really highlights what baptism is and what it symbolizes. So you can follow along with me. This is out of the New Living Translation. And it says this, Romans 6, from verse 4. It says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that may sin may lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. How awesome is that? This is the good news that we have as followers of Jesus. And when we go through the process of baptism, it's symbolic of the old you, your old life, the old way of living, being buried, being laid down into the tomb like Jesus was. For those of you that will know the story of Jesus' death and resurrection, he didn't stay in the tomb. But he rose back to life. And in the same way, thank goodness, out of the waters of baptism, you will be raised back up. For those reassured, (laughs) we will raise you back up out of the water this morning. And baptism signifies this old way of life being put to death. 
and it depicts that old life of sin and death no longer having a hold over us. But we are promised a new life in Christ and we have a fresh start in him. So I want to answer the question this morning of why do we get baptized? And I've got five reasons to be baptized. So if you've not been baptized, take note. If you have been baptized, it's a great little remember uh, reminder. So the first reason why we get baptized is to follow the example of Christ. We see in Matthew 3, Jesus himself goes through the process of baptism. The second reason why we get baptized is to obey the commandments of Christ. In Matthew 28, when Jesus gives the great commission, he says, go into all the world, go and make the disciples. And he says in there, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The third reason why you should get baptized is to give a witness that you are a disciple of Christ. It's not just for you, but it's actually for those in your life around you as well. And I want to read something out from Acts 22. And this is a, a, a section of a speech that a guy, the, the Apostle Paul, gave. And if those of you know the story of Paul, before he was Paul, he was known as Saul. And he went around literally persecuting and killing Christians. And this is what he says about baptism. In Acts 22, verse 15 to 16, he says, and I think we've got it up here, for you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? <laughs> what a great invitation. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. You see, we're called to be a witness of what God has done both in our lives, but then also in the lives of those around us that Jesus has had that influence in. And I want to ask you that question this morning. What are you waiting for? What a great question. And we, we're going to have more baptisms next year, and you can sign up for those as well. So the fourth reason why you should get baptized, and I love this one, is to receive the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want to read this out from Acts chapter 2. And here we have Peter reading on the, the day of Pentecost. And he says this in verse 37. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And what I love here is that we are promised this gift of the person, Holy Spirit, and it's available to us for generations to come. But like any gift, we need to be open to receive it. Would you agree? 
Christmas Day, someone gives you a gift, you don't say, I don't want that. <laughs> you receive it, don't you? And Holy Spirit is a person. The Bible's clear of that. He's part of the Trinity. And I believe that the person, Holy Spirit, that he wants to play a part in each of our lives. However, we must be open to receiving and embracing him. It's a choice on our part. And baptism is just one of the ways that we can show that we are open to receiving him. And the fifth reason why you should get baptized is to become a new creation. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And when we come to Jesus and we put our faith in him, when we put our belief in him, we receive his forgiveness. And a transformation takes place, a spiritual transformation. You see, you become a new spiritual creation. And as we read earlier in Romans 6, it's like our old life is put to death and a new life is found in Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross, he broke both the power of death and sin. And as followers of Jesus, this is why we get so excited when we, we sing about the cross because we know that we now have a hope that actually when our lives end, it is not the end. That there is something beyond. That Jesus promises us eternal life. And that's why we like to have a little dance and we get excited because we've got good news. We believe in the power of what Jesus did on the cross. So I want to answer or ask that question of how do we see awakening in our lives? How do we allow Holy Spirit to come and do these amazing things in our lives? And what can we do to partner in this transformation? You see, I'm quite a practical person. And I always sort of, when I come to a problem, or I'm always like, what can I do? What can I do to fix this problem? And when we look at becoming a new creation in Christ, the amazing thing about it is, there's nothing that we can do. That actually, Jesus has already done it. That when we put our faith and we put our trust in him, we become a new creation. It's like, bam, it's done. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't even play a part in that. I just put my faith in him. But this morning, there is something that we can do. There is something we can do to play a part in this. And we can feed ourselves spiritually that we can strengthen our spirit. And I want to spend a bit of time today talking about that. And I thought it would be good to have a bit of fun this morning, have a little bit of a game. So I've got a prize for you. Also, ooh. All right, up here on the stage, I've got a chocolate bar. And the person that puts their hand up first and can tell me the quickest, not you, Paul, can tell me what the slogan of this chocolate bar is, you are going to have the opportunity to win it. So you ready? I want to see hands up. No shouting out, hands up. All right, the chocolate bar in question is a Snickers. Who can tell me the slogan of Snickers? Steph, I'm not counting you. Over here, Dash. Is it? Yeah. What is the slogan for Snickers? That is, that is a slogan. It's not the one I'm looking for. I'll give you half a point. You can have that Snickers. Can you catch? We didn't sign off this health and safety. Anyone else? Anyone else? Slogan of Snickers down here at the front. Yes, you're not you when you're hungry. Well, give it a round of applause. I think we've got it up here on the screen for us. You're not you when you're hungry. 
Can anyone relate to this this morning? Anyone a bit hungry? You can eat them now, by the way. I'll, uh, I'll let you do that. <laughs> but I want to ask the question this morning, who are you when you are spiritually hungry? When you're spiritually hungry, do you find that you're, you're full of the Spirit in the sense that you're patient with people? Do you find that when you're spiritually hungry, you're, you're kind with people and you choose to be loving? I, I'm, not always, I'm not always like that. But actually, I find that if I'm a little bit spiritually hungry, I can become a little bit irritable. <laughs> that I can become a little bit self-centered. And Beck, my wife, and though I can become a little bit prickly. And I almost want to ask us this question of who are you when you're hungry? And I, I absolutely love this, this sort of, uh, yeah, the marketing that Snickers got. But they, I saw this as one as well. It says, who are you when you're hungry? And I want to ask that question of us this morning. And I've got a great quote here for you. And it says this. I'll read this out. When the body and soul are hungry, they get loud. But when the spirit is hungry, it gets quiet. And this quote really helps make the point that I want to focus on this morning of who are you when you just feed your body and your soul? And this idea that, that our body and our soul, they make lots of noise. They get hungry, right? And as human beings, we crave and we desire all sorts of different things. And some of those things can be good for us, but then some of those things might not be the most healthy. And we need to quiet those noises in our lives to be able to listen to what the Spirit is saying. And Romans 8, 5 put it like this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. And as I said, I wanted to share some lessons with you that I've sort of learned over my life that I wish I knew when I got baptized. And I think one of the things that I really regret when I look back over my spiritual walk is really not doing more to feed my spirit. And it's something that I've learned as I've gone on in life that actually this needs to be a priority. And I remember when I was younger speaking to my pastor and at the time I was serving on the youth team and I was going out on a Sunday morning and most Sundays was going out and spending time with the youth. And this, this just sums it up for you really. But I sat down with my pastor and I said, you know, I keep going out on a Sunday, I'm missing the preachers. This was the days before it was all on YouTube and you could watch back. I'm, I'm not getting spiritually fed. <laughs> That's what I said to my pastor, right? And do you know what he said to me? He turned around, he said, well, who do you think feeds me? I'm up here preaching on a Sunday. And for me, it just really summed it up that we are responsible for feeding ourselves spiritually, right? It's our responsibility to feed ourselves. Now, don't get me wrong. It's, it's important that we get fed and we sit under the word of God. But ultimately, the job of feeding, it's, it's down to yourself at the end of the day. And my advice to my younger self would be to be more intentional. And I love my food. You might be able to tell. And I'll eat three square meals a day plus snacks in between. Anyone else? So if that's how much physical food we, we eat, then, you know, how much spiritual food should we put in our lives as well? And I just want to share a few ways that we can feed ourselves. And as I say, these won't be new to some of you, won't be revolutionary. But my prayer for us, as I said, is that Holy Spirit would come and will breathe new life into these areas of our lives. See, if we're passionate about Jesus, if we love Jesus, then we want to 
do whatever we can to feed ourselves spiritually. So ask Holy Spirit this morning, what areas do I need renewal? So the first way that we can feed ourselves is through prayer. Shock horror, right? (laughs) But prayer is one of the ways that we can communicate with God. And it's a two-way street. Like We can talk to God, but then God talks to us as well. We can listen to him. And there's power in prayer. And there's power in spending time praying to God because it does feed our spirit. And it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. I think sometimes in church, we can overcomplicate things. Like, let's keep it simple. It's, it's about talking to God and listening to God. And I read this passage when I was on holiday, and it really stood out to me. And it's out of 1 Thessalonians 5. And I've read it before, but I just felt like I needed to spend a bit of time on it. And I think it will help some of us this morning. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. It says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I must admit, when I read that, and I read that phrase, pray without ceasing, I thought, well, what does that mean? Does it mean like I'm having a conversation with somebody, and in the background, I'm praying in my head at the same time? Like, that's too much multitasking for me. But when I did a bit more reading and went a little bit deeper, what I found was the Greek word used here for that phrase, without ceasing. I'll try and pronounce it. it it's adiel Epheos, and it's spelled A-D-I-A-L-E-I-P-T-O-S. And it basically means unceasingly. And the, the description and the example that it gave for praying unceasingly, it used the example of a person who has a hacking cough. I don't know if you've heard that phrase, but a continuous cough, okay? The other example was a repeated military attack. And what I love about this is it's not necessarily to pray without ceasing in the sense that you start a prayer and you never end, but actually it refers to a prayer that happens regularly. And it's this idea of persistence in prayer, just as I continually eat, yeah, I am going to consistently or continuously pray. And what I love about this passage, when you read that word pray, it's in the present tense. And it's this idea that throughout your day, that you can shoot up prayers to God. That it's an active thing. And it becomes dynamic. That it can be at a stated time. You can say, right, well, I'm going to pray when I have my meals. But actually, it can be fluid as well. It can be at non-stated times. And it's this continual conversation, this continual back and forth with God. And I really believe that that is key for some of you this morning, that you can kind of put that pressure on yourself. I've got to pray. I've got to spend time doing this. But no, it's about this continual just back and forth, this rhythm, just speaking to to our Heavenly Father and listening to what He's got to say to us. The second way that we can feed ourselves spiritually is, is through getting into the Word of God, through reading the Bible. 1 Peter 22 says, In the same way that nursing infants cry out for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. And you can't get away from it. Like, this book that we have is powerful. You know, God intentionally has given it to us. He promises so much through this. And again, we can put so much pressure on ourselves to sort of get into it and to grasp it. But the reality is it it can start with just something simple. 
for those of you that have got the, the Bible app on your phone called YouVersion, on there, there's something called the word, of the, uh, the verse of the day. And I love that. It's just one verse. Like, just one verse. But take that verse and chew on it. Meditate on it throughout your day. I went through a time in a season where I was really struggling, and I found a couple of Bible passages that really spoke and helped me. And I set them as a reminder on my phone to every single day to come up so I could read them and remind myself of them. Get into the Word of God because it's going to feed you spiritually. There's so many things that we can do. You know, on a Sunday morning, we have our worship. You know, I love spending time in worship, but it doesn't just have to stay here on a Sunday. Take it home with you. Put on your worship track in the car. Be one of those people when you stop the lights and you look across and they're singing away. Be that person. You know, wherever it is, go out for a walk at home, wherever it is, but worship God. You know, it's so important that we spend time together as church, as the body of Christ, that we come together, spend time with like-minded believers. And then the last way, and I want to just highlight this, is to remove impurities from your life. And as we've said, as we go through this process of baptism, we lay down our old life. And I really like this in 2 Corinthians 7.1. It says, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And I just wanted to just, just kind of park for a moment and just, again... This phrase, holiness, we can get this sort of picture in our mind that holiness is having a halo on our head, living perfectly, never getting anything wrong. That's not what this is saying. What holiness is, ultimately, is I'm going to say no to certain things in my life. I'm going to say no to feeding my, my soul certain things so that I can wholeheartedly say yes to Jesus. And that's what it is to purify yourself. Is it, it's saying, I'm choosing not to do those things. I want to say no to those things so ultimately I can say yes to Jesus. And as we do that, we strengthen our spirit, that our soul quietens down and our spirit is strengthened. And as I said, we need to be sensitive to Holy Spirit and ask him, what are you saying to me? What do, you, what do I need to, you know... How can I partner with you in this? Holy Spirit, what can I do in my life? So there's just a few ways that when you're next hungry, when, you, when you're craving some of those things, to just ask yourself, what am I going to feed myself? What am I going to put into my life? So I'm just going to invite the band to come back on. We're, gonna, we're just going to pray to finish. And I want to give an opportunity that if you're sat here this morning, you might have been invited here today. You might have been brought along. You know someone is getting baptized. And you might not be used to being in church. And, you know, seeing us lot clapping our hands and raising our hands might be a bit different from what you're used to. But listen, we're passionate about Jesus because of what he's done for us on the cross. And this spiritual transformation... This eternal life, this good news that we've talked about today is available to every single one of us. And to receive it, all we have to do is say, Jesus, I choose you. I will put my belief in you. I'm choosing to put my faith in you. And listen, we want to go on that journey with you. We want to go on that spiritual walk. And we'd love to, to partner with you in that. So if anything's spoken today, don't go without speaking to someone. Talk to the person who's brought you. 
come and we're going to have people available with red lanyards. Come and speak to them and say, listen, can you tell me a bit more? So let's get to our feet. I'm going to pray to close and then with a band that are leaders. So let's just stand and we'll get ready for our next song. I think we'll, we'll have some keys, please, Tim. So yeah, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we've had to celebrate what you've done in our lives. And Father and Holy Spirit, we, we just want to pray for those getting baptized today. That just as you, Jesus, as you went down into those baptism waters, that Holy Spirit, you descended like a dove upon Jesus. And I pray for those four that are getting baptized today, that Holy Spirit, that you would rest upon them, that you would fill them anew today. And we ask that in our lives as well. Holy Spirit, would you help us when we get hungry, when our souls cry out for the things that they cry out for, would we listen to you? Would you help us on our daily walk? And would we look to you to be our source? That we would consume you and all the good things that you have for us. As we go out today, Holy Spirit, would we go knowing that we're full and we've been fed on you? We thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.